Welcome to Resting Binge Face, where two friends binge watch seasons of TV shows and we talk about it. I'm Adam McCoy. And I'm Amanda Kathleen. Adam and I work in TV. We watch a butt ton of TV. If we had dementia, we would just constantly be rewatching TV. Have you checked out the show? I've never seen it before. It's amazing. What is it? What I is it called? Game of Thrones? Yeah. Wow. I wonder what that's about. Yeah, it looks good. <laughs> I feel like if we had dementia, we would just constantly re- be rewatching Game, Game of, of Thrones. Thrones. Yeah. And Perfect Strangers. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> Only Adam. So this week we are binging True Detective Season 3. It just ended this Sunday. Yeah. Just this completed. Is fresh. This is a fresh season. And if you're wondering why we just didn't watch it as it went on, it's because that's not our style. Do you know what the definition of binge means? We need to watch it all in like a a 24-hour period. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So we waited for the last episode, and then we binged the crap out of it. There you go. We need sleep deprivation. Yes. Too much food. Yes. And watch the whole thing. We do it for you. That's right. So you don't have to. Yeah. (laughs) So Adam's going to drop some knowledge on us now. Yes. So this is the third season, and we've watched the first two. Mm-hmm. Again, this season was headed up by Nick Pizzolato. Pizzolato. Apparently uh, the, he's Italian or something. Yeah, or... Pizzolato. He wanted to make it sound like that, so he changed his name. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> so after the events of season two and how not well-perceived it was, mm-hmm. HBO still wanted to continue. Right. They were like, hey, we want to work with you. But it wasn't guaranteed it was going to be True Detective. They wanted to do something with him. Right. So he was like, sure, I'll work with you guys. But when he first started this, he didn't think it was going to be a season of True Detective. He thought he was just writing like a story for a movie or something else. And I wasn't through about halfway through. He's like, I think this could be a True Detective. So it wasn't Um, originally designed to be, which the first one was not either. Yeah, I know. The only one that was destined to be a True Detective season was season two. So maybe it's a good thing when right. he doesn't try to write. Right. Just try to write a novel. Uh, and so also this time, though, HBO said, we want you to do another season, but why don't you bring in somebody else to help write? Oh. So they ha- that was part of the caveat. If oh, they wanted okay. somebody else. I don't know if he liked that very much. So he got some help writing, but also <laughs> he got to step into the directorial position. Yeah, I saw that when I was watching. I was like... What? Yeah, that's when I noticed somebody else wrote an episode. I'm like, wait, there's another name up there. (laughs) They didn't give him full control. Right. So he directed episodes four and five of the season. Okay. And then some other writers helped write a few of the the episodes. That's nice. Yeah. Share the wealth. What I think is interesting, another point, Mm -hmm. that actually makes me not like the show as much. Maybe it's why I had an issue with it a little bit. Oh. When he originally wrote the show, Uh it was not originally intended to have a black actor no. in the lead role. It wasn't. I know. I read uh, and so Mahershal like... Uh, he pushed for it. Yeah. Which is cool. He's like, hey, I want to do something about this. Listen mm-hmm. to me. And so one of the things he did was he sent a picture of his grandfather, who was a police officer, to the oh. writer. Like in uniform. Like, look. It's adorable. Yeah. And it worked. <laughs> so it's cool. I love that they got him right. for the role. But for me, I think the whole racial part of it seemed like an afterthought. Well... I read an article. I'm going to drop some knowledge on Adam right now. What? I read an article when they were, ta- they were talking to Mahershal and Stephen Dwarf. Mm-hmm. Dwarf. Stephen Dwarf. He's dwarf. not a dwarf. No. He's a dwarf. Dwarf. What a dwarf. <laughs> um, they, were, they were talking to them about, you know, their characters and their friendship mm-hmm. throughout the show. And 
apparently Mahershal was supposed to be Roland's. Yeah, they wanted they wanted him in the, uh, yeah, yeah. As, as this and, and obviously he pushed for Wayne to be the the lead. Okay. And but what's interesting is that Mahershal said that there's some stuff about race in it, but it's not the lead in the show. It's not. Because that's how life is. Like you don't know did he get fired because or demoted because of his race or because mm-hmm. he's not a good cop. And that's, he said, that's pretty much how black people live their lives. Is it because okay. of my race or is it because I'm not good at doing something? Okay. So I thought that was very smart. Like, I was like, oh, that makes total sense. I, okay, I can see that. Right. But also I think it, it seemed to me like it was written where you had these moments of right. that with race. Mm-hmm. And then in the very same scene, right when that part of the dialogue ended, it went right back to being like, oh, we never even mentioned race before this. Like that da- dynamic between Right, I people. think they meant for it to be like okay. a, like, just a thing that's out there because that's how life is. Like there's just this thing of race out there. Okay. So that was my little semi-knowledge drop for Adam. Continue, please. No, no, that was it. That's it? Yeah, you finished it out strong. Oh. Way Finishing to go. strong. So that was, drop knowledge was Adam and Amanda. That's right. A cooperative effort. Woohoo. So this is your spoiler warning. If you haven't seen season three, I would say go see it. It's very good. I Yeah. I, I enjoyed it. So much better than season two. You can just literally watch season one, skip season two, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then watch season three. It's yeah, like that's all you need. Yeah. If you just watch season one, season three, it's like season two never happened. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Essentially it didn't. Yeah. So, uh, please go watch it. You can listen to us talk about it, but, you know, please watch it. It's very good. It's very good. Yes. Okay. Overview of, so, season three starts off very similar to season one, where it's in different timelines. Yes. And it starts off with an interview. Starts off with an interview, um, but the interview's in the middle timeline. So, there's three different timelines. There's 1980, when the crime happens. Mm Mm-hmm. Then there's 1990, 1990, which is a follow-up of said crime. Mm-hmm. Is it a crime or is it like a? Well, yeah, the, there was a dead body and. Right. I just don't know if there's like a special word for dun, stuff dun. that stuff that's not like stealing or something. <laughs> I mean, it's still a there's crime. homicide and then there's other things. So an investigation. In my rolodex of of police talk, it's crime and homicide. Okay, so this is a crime slash homicide. Sure, crime slash homicide. So it happens in 1980. There's a follow up in 1990. And then the present and then time. Present time, which is 2015. Mm-hmm. Um, and then sprinkled throughout, there's like a 20. It goes throughout because. 2011. Well, because. Around. Mahershal Ali's character, Wayne, is having dementia and he's being interviewed by. I have no idea. They don't even talk about what they're there for. If it's a documentary, it's a film it's crew. A it's a they show. they mention the name of the show. It's like okay. crime something. It's something they're doing. Right, but they're not like, like making a murder. It's it's right, capitalizing something like on that. that. Yeah. So this woman's interviewing him and, and like talking to him about stuff happening. So he's remembering the case, what similar to season one. But then he's also trying to remember the case because it's not closed. It's still open. To this day, in 2015, it's kind of closed, but not really. Like people still is think it of though? it's 
open or not. Well, I'm explaining it. <laughs> you feel like it's open, yes. So he's still working the case with dementia and answering questions from the woman. So you're following the whole timeline intertwined through his brain Warped that's mind now of, trying to figure out things. Yeah. This season is kind of hard to wrap your brain around, but it's not that hard to wrap your brain around. Once you get what's happening, Once you watch the whole season, it, it li- literally is a just a actual storyline that goes through. Right. It, as you're watching it, they do it memento style where it's kind right. of like forward, backwards. What's happening? And you solve one part, but something that you've you've heard about and you kind of forget about mm-hmm. something happening. You're like, oh, that's how it happened. Now I get it. Right. So they kind of slowly give you more information. But once you watch the whole season, you're like, oh, it could be explained like a regular show. You could do it this way. You could, yeah. It wouldn't be as entertaining. No. But like it could yeah. be that way. But I find it fascinating. Like in season one, it, they're doing the interview in the um, police station and they're talking back about the past. What happened, yeah. Here, he's like trying to remember stuff. Like, he's trying to hold on to something. Yeah. And I and I think I really, I like that more than I think season one. Because mm-hmm. I think it gives it a different depth to it. Because it gives it a more emotional For his character, feel. for sure, Yeah, for yes. his character. He's more involved. It's more important right. to him. Right. That he remember and that he still work the case now in his 70s. Whereas the first season was, it's important because there's somebody still out there who could be right, murdering there's someone still people. murdering people. This is like a cold case that they still haven't figured out. And right. it's really eating to him. Right. So basically in 1980, two kids go missing, Will and Julie. And the dad and the mom are terrible parents. Yeah, not great. Not good. They don't come home when they're supposed to. The dad freaks out. They call the cops. And then they start, like, the child investigating. Mm-hmm. So and the two detectives that are assigned to it are? Are Wayne Hayes, um, Mahershala Ali. Purple Hayes, baby. <laughs> and Roland West, mm-hmm. who is Stephen Dorff. Yeah. Who is great, I love Stephen Dorff. <laughs> they're both fantastic together. It's like they the are, first yeah. one. Yeah, it's a good like, dynamic. They're just great. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I just miss Stephen Dorff. You just miss him? Yeah, I'm like, I was glad to see him again. He's hanging on. Yeah. He's doing good. Um, So they go out and they look for the kids. And then there's this great backstory of Wayne that he used to be a, what is it called? Like a trapper or something? Like he's a tracker. In Vietnam, he was a a tracker. They would drop him in the jungle. By himself. Right. He could track things and find out where people were and then report back. And in his spare time, he likes to hunt boar and track animals. He still has that tracker yeah. sense. Which is cool to see that part while he's looking for these kids. Right. So he's looking mm-hmm. for the kids and he's doing a track like tracker style and he's off on his own. And he finds Will, the body of Will. Yeah. Like under a rock cave thing. And his hands folded like he's praying. Right. So at this point, it's critical they find the sister. So yes, they're worried that, you know, yeah. she could be in danger because they found him already dead. Is it a missing person's case? Is she dead? They're we trying to, know. yeah. We gotta and the, it the case really gets to Herschel Ali's character. Like, it, it's he's really, like, vibing for this case. He's right. re- He seems to be the most concerned out of anybody. Right. Even when it first happens. Right. So he's like, no, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta keep gotta going, guys. These. We gotta keep going and we'll find this girl. It. Yeah. So, and that's, and then we flash forward to the 1990 mm-hmm. and it seems like the case is still going on well they there's this 
guy from the 80s. He was a Vietnam vet, and he, like, lives by himself, and he goes pick up trash. And some of the locals don't like him because he goes, hangs out with the kids to pick up trash. He's just picking up trash. He's a, he's a, a well, also, he's a Native American guy. Right. He's, you know, and he's driving around in the go-kart instead right. of a car. He's kind of the guy that everyone notices. Right. He does talk to the kids. Right. So everyone's like, it, it, it's probably him. Right. Don't touch our kids. Leave us, you know, just get out of here. Just go. Yeah. So, like, these redneck assholes mm-hmm. want to come beat him up. And there's this great scene <laughs> where they go to the, his house and he, like, goes Vietnam, vet oh, on yeah. them. And, Put like, some landmines tra- out there. Some traps. Puts four guns out. His guns out. He's going to take them out. He knows they're coming at him. He sees him coming at him. Right. Takes his shoes off. Goes barefoot, running back to his fa- house as fast as he can. He's right. like, I'm getting prepared. Yeah. He's like, this. it's now. So, like, the the cops show up. Wayne and Roland show up. With some FBI agents with some also. FBI agents. Mm-hmm. And, like, shit goes down. Guy kicks the door. Landmine goes off. Boom. This massive Ugh. firefight. This is where Stephen Dorff's character gets shot. He gets shot in the leg. why he has a limp later on. Yeah. In case you're wondering. In case you're wondering. <laughs> uh, yeah. So... A lot of people die. A lot of people die. Almost everybody but Stephen Dorff and... Stephen Dorff and... Purple Haze. Mahershala. <laughs> Mahershala. Mahershala. Mahershala Ali. I'm just going to call him Ali. Mahershala is easy. I know Mahershala is easy, but like my mumble mouth is not going to say it correctly, okay. so I'm going to say Ali. <laughs> so they're the only two who survive. So Dorf, Dorf. <laughs> These names are going to kill me. Dorf and Ali... Are the only ones alive. Ali goes into the house and like tries to talk him down. He's like, You gotta shoot me, I'm not going in. And he's like, I'm not gonna do that. And he's like, I'm gonna count to three and I'm gonna shoot you then in my head. I'm gonna count to three in my head. So I'm not gonna yeah. You're not gonna know. And so So essentially makes him instead of killing himself, he makes right. Marshall Ali's character yes. kill him. So And then conveniently after they're going through the crime scene, someone finds the boy's backpack there. And right. it's like, uh-huh, he must have been the guy. And the girl's clothes and are the in the girl's clothes is like in the in a furnace. Yeah. So they're so like I think that they burnt her body or something. Well that was an easy case. Even though the clothes are still there, they definitely burned her body. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bones uh didn't survive, but nope. that sweater sure did. For sure. Yeah. So it was in in this is where he in never the 80s. he never felt like it was he he right. pretty much knew that wasn't what happened. They kind of wanted to close the case. Yeah. Just like, People in the community are scared. Let's right. close the case. And then ten years later, right? Oh no! So in nineteen eighty, he meets his soon to be wife. Yes, the school teacher at the, the school kids' teacher, school, Amelia, who helps him with the community, like getting information from them. And she talks to the kids and gets a lot more information because they won't talk to cops. Right. So they start getting a thing together and. Apparently, she writes a book about the whole case when once it's finished, mm-hmm. and it's published. And so it's coming out in 1990. At the same time, there's apparently fingerprints found at a yes. robbery site at Walgreens. At Walgreens. And at the time, they didn't have the databases they have currently in 1990. And right. so they, when they ran this print, they're like, oh, it matches this Julie girl who Who's been mint- they thought was dead yeah. for 10 years. So They're going to open the, the case back yeah, up. Yeah, they're going to open it back up. Ali finds that there's footage in Walgreens. He he does his tracker thing and goes through hours of footage. Mm-hmm. That nobody else, everyone else seemed like it was a stupid idea. Are right. you going to go through all of that? He's like, yeah. Why wouldn't you? I'm going to do it. I yeah. think they meant like tonight. Okay. He was like, he was like no, I'm going to do it. I'm going to sit right here now. all night. Mm-hmm. So he finds her on the footage and then. Gets the picture out there. Gets the picture out there. 
she calls in because the dad does like a plea, like, please, if you've seen her, call, Mm -hmm. whatever, the police line. She calls the police line and says that her name's Mary. That's not my dad. That's not my dad. Tell him to stop following me. Yeah. All this stuff. So she crazy. Mm Mm-hmm. And they think that the dad took her or was part of something. Yeah, they think something fishy is going on. Right. Mm-hmm. When really it turns out through the investigation that it's the Haygoods. Hoyts. Hoyts. Oh. The Hoyts family that the mom, Lucy, used to work for at the... Chicken processing plant. Yeah, it's like Haygood Foods or something. Yeah. I think. She was working there and apparently the main security guy used to work... On the force with Wayne and Roland. So they go back and talk to him, and they think that he's got information that he's hiding. Yeah. But they find He's the out. one who identified the backpack right. originally and kind of conveniently said, Oh, it must be this guy. Mm-hmm. And now he's working for this Hoyt guy. Right. And they're saying something seems fishy about him. Right. And so they went back to see maybe, some, maybe somebody sent somebody to go shut up Lucy. Mm-hmm. They check all the phone records. Because her cousin. Is like the tw- yeah the crackhead trying head. to like get the get money out of the police and like yeah. it's like somebody was paying Lucy I'm not gonna say who you're gonna have to give me money mm-hmm. I, this case will be solved you just pay just me seven thousand dollars yeah I'm a cheap date that's Whatever. all it's gonna cost that guy's an asshole Whatever mm-hmm. so they do that they go back and they look through records and they find out that the secure head security guy at the factory. Went to Vegas the After day before. After getting eight calls, yeah. having eight calls with her in Vegas, he flew out there. Mm-hmm. Like was the last person to see her, like pretty much right before she died. Right. He he visited. They go talk to him, and then then they shoot him. Yeah. Then they shoot him. Cause well, because he, he jumps on yeah. Ali, and then so then they have to bury the body, and it yeah. becomes this huge mm-hmm. the rift between them. Right. The that's two. another rift. So it's like of... they're together, then apart, then together, then apart, then now apart they're together again. again. Yeah. What's going on? And it takes the whole season to. To really see all these pieces of the puzzle, right? Together, it's very intricate, which is what makes it interesting, right? But I will say, like at the end, I, I, by the end of that, when they tell you exactly what happened the first time, they, right. that they separated, you're like, oh, I kind of forgot. I really don't care anymore. Right. <laughs> like I it's know. more important. It's cool. It's still cool to see. Right. But the the dad eventually finds the cousin. Right. Beats the crap out of him and says, "Give right. me the information you were going to give the cops," and he gives him the Hoyt name. Right. And that's when he go the the dad starts drinking again, mm-hmm. breaks into the Hoyt house, and he finds this pink room. And then all of a sudden, the pink room. Well, they talk about the everyone they interview, all the street kids they interview, always talk. Mary talks about the pink room. Mm-hmm. So being a princess, she was a princess. She was a princess in a pink, in a pink, room. pink room. So. When he gets down there and you see the pink room, you're like, oh, the pink room. And then he gets hit and he gets blacks out. And the next right. thing, you know, the next the next episode is him dead. His dead body, yeah. like he jumped off this thing with right. a note saying, "I'm sorry for what I did." Right. And everyone's like, "Up, oh, another tidy conclusion." Yep, that's now over. it's the dad who did it. Right. So basically, like when they're going over the case again in 2015, Ali still thinks something's wrong. Yeah, this isn't isn't what we think it is. Something right. is happening. Something's it's eating happening. him up inside. Right. So he gets with old man Steven Dorf again. Uh, old man Steven Dorf is great. He's got his dogs. Right. Mm-hmm. He's so good. And then they go, he's like, you got to help me finish it. Like his wife passed away, Amelia, obviously earlier mm-hmm. you don't before see the happen, dementia yeah. happened. And then he's like, I have to do it for her. Yeah. Because, you know, she would have wanted it. Because she didn't finish the second part of her book. Because the big man Hoyt guy took Ali and was like, you don't talk about nothing. 
ba- basically like I know you killed my security guard. I don't want you looking in anything further. Yeah. Basically. Be ashamed if something happened to your family. Right. Like, if you go further than this, I'm going to kill. Let it go. Let it go. Yeah. So. That's Yondu, by the way. Yondu. Yondu. <laughs> or if you watch The Walking Dead. Yeah. I forget his name in Walking Or Mallrats. He's the uh, the dad of Mallrats. Yeah. <laughs> He's basically the best character ever. Yeah. Which is why it was kind of sad he only had like this I tiny know. part. One, he was only in one, technically one episode, I think. Right. So, old man detectives are on the on it. So yeah. they yeah they're piecing the clues together. together Things are falling into place. The woman from the TV show that's asking him questions is kind of like alluding to things that like spark some things in his in uh, Wayne's brain. That's like hmm, yeah. maybe he's seeing. I things, should investigate this. He's seeing things that he either doesn't think he knew, right, or he has forgotten because right. he has dementia. Mm-hmm. So she keeps showing him these things, and it gets him more interested. And he's right. like, maybe. And so then he does make the connections. Mm-hmm. He's reading his wife's book. And he's, going he's over reading more things. things because he never read the book. He never read the book because he was in it too much and he couldn't stand to read his own name. Right. So he never actually read the book. No. And then he's like, "Damn, if I would have read this, you probably so many years it, ago." I know. Uh, <laughs> so after after he's told to let the case go, right? Apparently, that's when everything just stopped for him. Yeah. He literally just stopped doing the case. So it really picks back up in 2015 he, with this. He's interview. like, I, he had an idea right. uh, that it was something to do with this Hoyt guy, but right. he never pursued it no. because he knew it was going to. Ruin his life, right? Which ultimately worked out for him because he spent more time with his family. He did. It's like, oh, you know what? He, he was yeah. having a good time. Yeah. But but they they investigated the entire time. This whole case, everyone, like, not everyone, but like, there's talks of like the white woman with the black man with the milky eye. with the milky eye. Mm-hmm. So apparently, there's new evidence of the black man with the milky eye. Yeah, they interview an old maid, right. and she says something. They finally get a name. Finally get a name. There's a sedan parked outside his house every day, and you think he's going crazy the entire time. Like, yeah. he just keeps looking out the window at the sedan. Because it's right after, like, he sees, he starts seeing his dead wife. Right. And then these people, these Vietnam soldiers are behind right. him in the room, and it's kind of really creepy. Mis- there's some nice, like, moments. Yeah. And so you're like, oh, he doesn't. it's not really a sedan out there, because... Maybe he's just imagining it all. Right. Because earlier in the case, there was a, a there was mention of a brown sedan. Right. So and you think that he's seeing like, oh, a sedan. He's just seeing an updated version. He's going, you know, a little more insane right. in the head. So Roland comes over one night and he's like, he's like, that car's out there. He's like, yeah. and then they he goes out with a bat and he's like, come on, let's do this. Little did he know, Roland was down there with his cell phone taking a picture of the taking license plate. Okay. So they were, Roland's got buddies in the DMV. And so they, they rolled... They run the plates and they find out that it's uh, the guy with the milky eye. What a coincidence! And this is when it all starts to. This is the last episode. This is the last episode. This is when it all unravels. So they go there and they talk to him. He's like, "I can't be quiet anymore." Like I've been waiting for you guys. Right. So he he explains to them that he worked for the Hoyt family. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mr. Hoytman's daughter went crazy after her husband and daughter died in a car crash. Died in a car crash. She like went. Crazy. Right. She like, like legit went crazy. Mm-hmm. So she saw one day at a company Julie. picnic, saw Julie and mm-hmm. like, was like she's like, That's my daughter. Looks That's just Mary. like Mary. Yep. And so they started hanging out after school. Like, hey, they were, they were paying Lucy j- to junkie, go hang out with them. Junkie mom, can we pay you so this adult <laughs> can hang out with your two kids? Yeah, sure, that's fine. That's fine. Can I have some money? Yeah, right. great. So they're playing with that's who was playing with the kids out in the woods, right? Out in the forest. And when it, that's when they find out that crazy lady went a little too crazy one day and right. tried to t- to grab Julie, and when the brother tried to stop her, 
she, she pushed, she pushed him, him down, down and he hit he, his head on the rock yeah. and he died. So yeah. it was technically an accident. Right. And the but Julie's the, like, we gotta, we gotta put him, we can't just leave him here. They, she's the one who helps put him mm-hmm. in the cave with his hands mm-hmm. folded like he's praying. And then they just take her. They just take her, leave her in this pink room. She can't leave. And the milky eye guy's like, you know what? She liked it here and she was fine. And then he found out later that she was giving her lithium. The mom with the. She was making her go yeah, crazy. She, the crazy lady was putting lithium in the girl's drink. Right. So for like 10 years, mm-hmm. she was just getting on these medication. Right. That was making her brain a little yeah. loopy. And so he, and then she gets older, and at one point he just lets her. He lets, leaves lets the door open, go, yeah. And then she escapes, and he really can't find her after no. that. He thought he could meet up with her that and was, save her. That was in around 1990, so mm-hmm. he's looking for her at that point. Yeah. And then he finds her in 1997 at this nun's place, but apparently she's dead because of AIDS. Yes. But he found her finally. So yeah, he, and they he find all this. Yeah. And then, yeah. then they go back and they see the gravestone. So Wayne and Roland go back and they they look too and they're like, okay, well, at least it's kind of an end. Closure. Right. We know what happened. And then he runs into the landscaping guy. His name is Mike. And his daughter's name is Lucy. Mm-hmm. And that's it. And then he goes back home and he reads his wife's book again and he finds a passage about Mike, who is Julie's friend from elementary, elementary school. Elementary school. Who had dad had a landscaping business, mm-hmm. and then he starts putting the pieces together, and he's, he's like, like wait "Oh, a minute. wait a second, maybe." Well, she he has this like, he's thinking about it, but his wife has explained it to him. Yeah, like it's kind of like her spirits there or something. And she's like, "What if she went to the nun's place, but she like wasn't like the nun saw how much trouble she was in, right. and they faked her death, right? So That's she could have happened. a happy life yeah. with Mike. So." He he goes, Wayne goes by himself in a car. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh my God, this yeah. old man's in the car. Didn't write any of it down, by the way. No. Like, oh, I think that this may be what ha- is happening. Right. I'll just write the address down and drive. Yeah, so he just goes to the address and then forgets why he's there. Yeah. He sees her. He sees her. He has to ask her where he is. Yeah. So his son can come pick to him up. To call his son and give the address. So the whole time you're like, she's right there. I know. And, and then it basically ends with he's back at his son's house. And they're just having a grand old time. Yeah. That's basically what it is. Steven Dorf comes. Is. Old man Dorf comes. Mm-hmm. Rocks on the front porch. Yeah. The only thing that's a little bit of like maybe something's going to happen is his son, who's now a police officer, mm-hmm. does it, he sees the piece of paper that had the address on it, and he doesn't throw it away. He puts it in his pocket. So like maybe he'll investigate Maybe later. he'll investigate it later. Yeah. And that's how it ends. And that's how it ends. It's a very intricate story but I, there's a lot of stuff we left a, out yeah there's a lot of stuff we left out especially mm-hmm. with the wife and the family and everything if you, if you haven't seen it and you listen to us you'll still get a lot of stuff you that, will that, we yeah. just basically told you the good parts yeah i was i was intrigued especially a few times whenever he was doing the flashback scenes and they did a lot of this in the editing um sometimes he'd be walking at a certain age and when you see a reflection of him he's at another age mm-hmm. and then in his head he was going through some scenes yeah, yeah, and he, yeah. he opened the bedroom door Right, and he, he saw see. himself at a young age mm-hmm. with his wife, and then while they're in bed with the kids, right. and then the, the young version looks at the door and sees the door open with right. nobody there, and it's the same thing with a chair. It's interesting. It was kind of like, oh. It's an interesting woven story, how they weave the story together. Yeah. It's very, I think it's very well done. That's why I was wondering if it was going to end ultimately with like just one type of story that he made these all these alternate timelines of the same event, because they're all, they're all kind of similar. He breaks up with his partner. Right. 
you know, they get at somebody who's not the right person. The next 10 years, he breaks up with his partner. Right. He gets somebody who's not the right, right person. Like, I was thinking, is there some sort of weird thing where he's, you know, only one thing ever happened and he's somehow oh, imagining he's like these reliving. other timelines? Because they're all very similar. Right. His character doesn't change that much until the very end. No. Like, even the, the way he fights with his wife or the girlfriend yeah. at the time, very similar each yeah. time. So it's like, I was like, oh, maybe it's some sort of weird, he's in the, he's in the same. Trapped in It's all, it's all in his head. Yeah. But maybe it wasn't on his head. I don't know. Maybe it was. Maybe none Who of it knows? existed. Yeah. I just i i like I liked it. I liked the time, like the time intertwining. Mm-hmm. I liked the fact that it was because of dementia. I thought that was great. I thought it was different from the first season. Yeah. Because if he never got dementia, he probably just would have stopped caring. I think that you know, like right. he yeah, knew yeah, yeah. that he was just it was the Hoyt guy somehow. Right. I gotta let it go. He was. He's doing this interview because he feels like it's helping his. Helping him remember like his mm-hmm. life and his wife and like holding on to that past as, as much as possible. Yeah, because it's going away. So I really enjoyed that. There were there were some things that I think were a little like the whole I, again. I think it was all to try to throw you for a little bit of a right. misdirection. Like mm-hmm. you never saw his daughter. No, t- he always kept asking about Becca, yeah, his adult daughter. The entire time she's, I'm like, she's is out she of town. Dead? Is she yeah. dead? And they're not telling him. They never make. It's like, yeah, you know, you you talked to her last week. Remember? Right. Like oh I think she's dead. And That's what like, I was oh, thinking. <laughs> and they flash back. Ran- That's why they flash back randomly to they him do, dropping her off at college. Him. Right. And then it's like okay. And right. then in the last episode, hey, here I am, dead. There you <laughs> go. That didn't matter at all. And no. You just threw it in there. So. But I feel like it's kind of fun for them to do that because you're it in their you mind. Yeah. Like you're you're in his mind mm-hmm. and it just randomly will go to a thought. And yeah. you're like, does this thought go to anything? I don't know. Maybe, Maybe it, it does. Mm-hmm. Maybe it shows his character a little bit. I don't know. I thought that was fun. Do you have any pet peeves? Do I have any pet peeves? I think I wrote something down. I have one that's that's kind of major but kind of not. What's your pet peeve? I didn't like Purple Haze, Marshall Ali's character all that much. I don't think he was that, until he got to be an old man, I don't think he was a likable character. He's not, but like... He didn't, I mean like, pretty much, like, he had like a few moments. right. But he was kind of a dick the whole time to everybody. Right. Like, to think... everybody. And maybe it's because he, the war, war, you know, right. kind of changed the way he thought. Right. But the whole relationship between he and his future wife. Right. It was just kind of like, I don't know, it, it seemed... Well, th- this is my take on it. I think because, like, in the first episode, he says he's dead set. Like, he's not going to get married. He's not going to have kids. Yeah. That's, that's, not his, mm-hmm. that's not him. And he's just being himself the entire time. In the 1980s, and then he gets what he he finally realizes he wants to marry Amelia. After they get in this huge fight, right? And then it's like, and he's like, "Get what out! Am I doing? But wait, now marry me." But it's like he had the fight, but then I think he realizes is that the person I want to be still that old that asshole person. Yeah. And then I think he sees that it, he could be something more. That's and true. Then he's like, and then he gets married. But then ten years later, he's still the same person. Right? Because I don't think he he really grasped the whole family thing. Yeah. Like, I don't think he understood, like, this is a family. You have to be more... Work at it. Yeah, you have to work at it. You have to be more in it. I don't think he... He, he was just like, okay, we get married and that's it, right? Then that's a happy family. So it, he takes him a while to actually change. And I think that moment when old man Hoyt gets him and is like, look, I want to kill your family or whatever if you don't stop That's what changes doing, him, yeah. I mean, they, when... He realizes, okay, I got to stop. And, and I think that that point... He lets, like the family thing. He embraces do. it. He embraces essentially it. Essentially embraces it. Yes, yeah. and I think that's why old man, 
uh, Ali is a better character because yeah. Or even when they flash back to him at college, helping right. her at college, yeah, a little bit. And I think I think that's why I think you're supposed to see him not change, and then have his old man character be. That's better. fine, but I mean, it could throw a couple likable qualities into it. <laughs> I mean, really. I mean, that's why Stephen Dorff is there. Yeah, he's all personality. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's. That's the. I mean, I. That's the only. That's the only thing. I, only complaint I have. Right. That that and my original thought of like, the kind of again what you alluded to, but the how starkly the the racial thing came up and then mm. just now the rest of the conversation it just seemed like even the way it was written it's like well, now we're just gonna write it like right. you could have taken the racial conversation part of it out of it entirely right like that was little s- clips and then butter the other two parts of the conversation together right. and it would be completely coherent there wouldn't be any yeah but i kind of i kind of like the way ali explained it in the article yeah. where he was just like it's just there it's just a part of like a part of black people in general like is it a race issue or is it a non-race issue? Like, mm-hmm. it's just ambiguous and it's just there. You'll never know. Yeah. It's just a part of their lives, which I, I thought was very interesting. I thought that was very well done then, thinking thinking, but thinking back on it. Mm-hmm. Um, I do remember one pet peeve okay. that I have. I do not like that they brought up that his son was cheating on his wife with, with the, the interview woman. Mm-hmm. I was like, that could, you didn't need that, that didn't even need to be there. You, they, you didn't even touch on it at all. If if it was meant to be like, no, no, they did though. Because at the end, when he's talking to his dad about it, right? He's like, I think I'm gonna tell her. And he's like, Is no, it... but I know. But he said, don't tell her. Yeah, I think that's reflecting that that's, that's because that's the way he do. lived. Like, you I didn't tell her that I things. killed somebody and that I know, I but gave I still my, don't like it. I gave up my job, essentially right? my first job, because his then girlfriend wrote this thing article in the paper and that's why he lost his job originally. It turns out he would not print, you know, sign a letter saying, look, she took this out of context. None of it's true. Right. You can either do that or you can go to desk duty and just be a typist for the police department. I know, but so I still didn't like it. He never like told it. her that. I know. I, not saying I mean, great. I get that's part of the character, but if that had never had happened, we still would have understood his character of yeah. why he didn't, you know, he kept it from his wife. Mm-hmm. Like it's fine. I I totally I'm 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 not disagreeing with you. I'm just <laughs> that's like being nitpicky though. Like this season was very good. I think I like it more than season one. I'm not gonna go that far. I am. It's it's <laughs> on par. It's on I think par. The, and I think again and I, I didn't bring this up last time about season two. I think the reason I like season one better the victim you didn't care about. Right. And there was no pressing like oh. They got to find out who it who it was right. be, because you're finding out for horrible people in the right. second season. Like, why do I care? Right. The first one was, hey, something's still happening. We got to find out because this killer could be out right. there. In the third season. In the third season, it's in, like you. It's just more you want to find out. You're interested in it. Right. But like the entire time you're watching it, you're thinking this is a closed case, but you're still invested in the story. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, they're not going to solve it, but you're still there with them. And yeah. You want to find very out. Very intrigued. Because they have all these threads they start pulling and you right. got to figure out where each of them lead. Right. So I really liked that. Yeah. I just still think I liked one a little bit better. <laughs> Although, Stephen Dorff, man. Stephen Dorff, I... He like, really, really he, pulled it over for me. His character was like the redneck version of Confucius. Like, he had so... Like, he was he like the He wasn't even that redneck, though. No, but I'm just saying, like, in yeah. general, he was like the, you know, the wise southern white mm-hmm. dude that was just like 
like Ali would have a problem and he would just be like, it's cool, this happened. Like yeah. he was definitely like a McConaughey of the yeah. season. Like, Water off the back, just yeah. do this. Just do, like he was, I was like, wow, that was wise. My, my <laughs> favorite scene of his though had to be the last episode when he gets in the fight at the biker bar. And just starts insulting that I woman. No, <laughs> he was just like, "This is a, that's at the point where they kill that guy, the security guy." And he, yeah. I think he just like at that moment just like doesn't want to feel anything. Mm-hmm. Well, and the, and then essentially those two were were done right. with each other. Like, like they're he, not going to talk to each other anymore. Like his Stephen Dorff's character is good because basically he's he he looks like a loner, but he doesn't want to be alone. Hence the twenty five dogs at right. the, when he's in his elderly. So years. it's because. It's Ali was his best friend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, like, he lost him. And so, like, he he was having problems. Like, yeah. And yeah. so that's why he was able, like, at the end when they mm-hmm. made contact again, he's like, yeah, we can forget all this happened. I'll come stay with you a couple nights a week. And I just want to say that if they had a, if they make a sh- spinoff of True Detective, it better be Mahershala Ali and Stephen Dorff, Old Man Detectives. That would be a great That show. was the best part. That was good. The old man going. Old man cops. Ugh. Every time they had a scene, they would be like cranky, talk about stuff. If they don't it win, great. if they don't win, I know the first season they won. A, oh, uh, best makeup know, Emmy Award for me. Oh, this the was makeup insane. Was how good it was! Awesome. It was so good. It was really, really good. It was very good. I I couldn't like when you saw Marshall. I mean, most of the time you see people in you know old makeup. Right. It's like okay. But they both could have passed. Like, if you just oh, saw yeah, them in a yeah, movie, yeah. you'd be no, like, no, no. oh, that's an old 70-year-old man. They look like old dudes, and mm-hmm. they had the voices down. Yep, even they the way the, they walked. The lower voice down. Yeah, they, they were fantastic. It, that was great. I was like, oh, this needs to be a show. Yeah. <laughs> old man detectives. That's a great idea. Yeah. <laughs> I have to see this. So, favorite episodes, then? <sighs> favorite episode has to be the one with the, the firefight. The firefight. The firefight, which yeah, is so that intense. that was good. And plus, they led up to it. The one, like, it ended the episode mm-hmm. before. The guy kicks the door down. Right. And you see a landmine right there, and then it just cuts to black. You know what's really interesting? I wrote down my favorite episodes, and I say episode one to three, and then jump back to six to eight. Honestly, if they got rid of, like, four and five and just smushed Well, four all and five are other. what he directed, too. So. I know, but, like, it's not his... It may not be his directing. Maybe the story of it. It was yeah. just a little too long or something. Well, again, it's someone if he wasn't planning it as a series to begin with, it may have, right. it may have been on a little bit too long. Right. Some of the ones, but but I think I find that fascinating now that I think the two that I don't like as much. Yeah, I do think the the old man uh, detective parts. Those two together were They're some pretty so good. good. <laughs> those are great because it's kind of like this. Oh, we're back together. Mm-hmm. Old times, right. and with a whole new caveat of them. It is, old. and they're like, "What is it?" One scene, they they break when they go into the Hoyt house. Mm-hmm. He's like, "Are you sure we should be here?" And Dorf's like, "We're old men. We'll just say we're, we're, just, we're we got lost." lost. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, it was fantastic. I like that a lot. Um, so bingeability. Bingeability on this one. I'm gonna go. F- I'll go four and a half on this one. Ooh. Yeah. That's I'll a high Adam yeah. score. Yeah, well, I was going to go five. Yeah. It's our, that's both, a, that's it's about our high scores. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they fluctuate. It's definitely, definitely more bingeable than the second season, for sure. For sure. And probably even more than the first, honestly, in my opinion. Yeah, it's a little bit more bingeable than the first one. Yeah. Which I think is why I, I'm leaning towards liking season three more. Mm-hmm. But I don't say that I don't like season. Like I feel like they're the same quality. Yeah, we're just opposite ends of the spectrum. Right. Uh, we're both like they're both great. Right. I just prefer one a little more. Right. You prefer three a little more. That's yeah. fine. 
So I thought I'd mix it up a bit today Ooh. for Snump Amanda uh-huh. um, because of the actors in this. So okay, I'm going to give you some, some of the main actors in this, and you're going to tell me which comic book universe they've been in movies for. Oh. <laughs> All right? Okay. So the first one is Marshall Ali. Do you think it was a DC or a Marvel? You should know one of these. Farts. I'm going to say... I'm going to say DC. Oh, sorry. Damn it. It was Marvel and two. Oh, it was Luke Cage. Yep, there you Fuck. go. <laughs> he was in Luke Cage. All right. He played Cornell Cottonmouth Stokes. I know. He was good in it until he died, and until I was like, it, damn. Know. But he also did a voice in the new movie, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. He plays oh, Uncle Aaron. I think I remember hearing that. All right, so. Okay. All right, well, the next character then, uh-huh. Stephen Dorff. Stephen Dorff. you got to know this one. You may be too young. Oh, farts. DC? I'm just going to say DC nope. for everyone. <laughs> Marvel. What did he do in Marvel? He was in the first Blade with Wesley Snipes. Oh. He was one of the vampire hunters. I would have never gotten He that was one. Deacon Frost. Oh, one of my good. favorite Marvel movies. Well, one of the only Marvel movies that mm-hmm. came out in that time. I would have never gotten that one. So the father, Tom Purcell, Scoot McNeray, DC or Marvel? I'm going to go with DC again. Well, that's a good strategy. Yes. yes. He was in Batman versus Superman, Dawn of Justice. He played Wa- he, he played Wallace Keefe. If you remember the movie, he works at the bank and he's the, whenever they come to attack the city, piece of debris falls on him. He ends up getting his no. legs amputated and no, I don't he kind that. of has a grudge against against um, oh. he, yeah, Bruce Wayne tries to right. like, "Oh, I'll take care of this." No, but okay. I don't even remember that. All right, all right. Sarah Gadden, who played the documentary direct producer. Oh, I know her. I feel like I'm going to say Marvel. It is Marvel. And it's a show, right? No. Damn it. She was in The Amazing Spider-Man 2, which was the reboot with Andrew Garfield. Oh. She played Kari, who was the computer in the Osborne lab. Oh. So when they said Kari, and you would see her face, and she would give information. That movie was dumb. I didn't even finish it. All right. (laughs) This is an easy one. Okay. Ray Fisher, who played Henry Hayes, which was the son of... I knew it. Yes. Because I was watching it the whole time. He is DC because Cyborg. Yep, from the Justice League. I was like, why is his face so motionless? I've seen it before. He's like a robot. Oh, Cyborg. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's right, exactly right. Yes. The, the last one is, this is not a comic. They made a comic book out of it, but I think it was a one-off. Okay. Um, do you know what Carmen Ijogo, who plays... Oh, the wife. The wife. Mm-hmm. What what major blockbuster movie franchise? I don't know. I There's don't know. so many blockbuster franchises. She was in Fantastic Beast, both both movies. She plays oh, Seraphin, the... the American version of uh, she, Dumbledore. Right, right. So she's the head of the the school of witchcraft in America. But yeah, she did look familiar. Yeah, because yeah. the whole time I was like, I I know I've seen her, but then I looked her up and I'm like, okay, that's I guess it's that. You guess that's her. Yeah. Okay. So there you go. All right. You pretty much got me. I think I like the open-ended questions better, but this was fun. <laughs> well, that leads us into skip the intro. Bum, bum, bum. So Adam and I have been complaining the entire time about these intros for True Detective. Mm-hmm. Obviously, one and two, we would 100% skip. Well, we actually skipped. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to ask you shows in the detective realm. Okay. And you tell me if you would skip the intro or let it play, because some intros are too good to skip. Okay, all right. 
So starting off with True Detective season three. Yeah, I just made it a three-peat. I just skipped it. You skipped it? Yeah. I actually really liked the song that they played in this one because I felt like it was more towards the story. Like it, it, met, it felt mm-hmm. like it was all cohesive. And I I just watched the whole thing. That's good. I did not. Because I like the graphics and it sucks. Yeah, they still the, look cool. When the songs are like, oh, all right, I'm going to skip this. Well, yeah, I did not watch it. I would just fast forward it <laughs> on HBO app. Right, you, that's you don't skip I it. Yeah. You have to fast forward. Um, but I I watched it. I okay. thought it was great. They got one out of three from there me. There you go. Yeah, batting three hundred. That's three hundred and thirty-three. Sure. Um, next one, Sherlock. The I watched. I watched the Sherlock. Yeah. yeah. The BBC it's not version. super long. It's not. It's cool. I enjoy it. I like the way they shoot it. Mhm. Mm-hmm. It's good. A lot of play. It's on Netflix, so you could skip it. You could you skip that to. one, but I don't. Um, classic, and I'm going to go for all the versions. Dun dun. Law and Order. The dun da 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 da. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Dun 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 dun. I like dun. that. Uh, it brings back a lot of memories. I would I would probably skip it after. If I'm going on a binge for, for that for that one, I'd probably go make it three episodes in before I started skipping. Nah, I'd, I listen to it every time. Okay, all right. I love Law and Order. <laughs> All the versions. All the versions. Of Law and Order I love. Okay, throwing it back to the 2000s. Monk. Which version? The Ran- the Randy Newman or the original one that had no lyrics? I'm going to say Randy Newman because I like that version the better. Ne- I would never skip that one. No, about, I yeah, love yeah. it. I actually like the original one too. Yeah, the original one's fine. The, the, I, I kind of miss it's, it. I mean, they're it. similar. It's just the Randy Newman one had lyrics to it. Yeah. Yeah. There was a lot of flack, if you if you noticed, like when they changed oh, the, they got Randy Newman to do a theme song for the show, right. and people were like, "I missed the old instrumental oh, version." Jesus. So, I would I would watch it every Friday with my mom mm-hmm. when I was in high school, <laughs> and I made up a dance to it. Yeah, there you go. It was fantastic. <laughs> I watched it on USA reruns when my daughter was about three. Oh. And she'd walk around the house and she would sing the song. Yeah. And the dongle out there. <laughs> It was cute. It was hilarious. It's adorable. Yeah. And then right after that, they played Walker, Texas Ranger, and she thought it was Jesus. Oh, yeah. I see that. Is that Jesus? Yeah. Like, well, almost, honey. Almost Jesus. It's Chuck Norris. <laughs> <laughs> and then last but not least, both of Adam and I's favorite, Psych. Psych. <laughs> totally watch it. I love Psych. I let, the, I let the intro play, and at the end of the show, I let that part of it play, too. Yeah. All the way through. All of it. That's a great one. What's, what's great is... My fiance does not like the show Psych, but he'll stick around for the intro. <laughs> there you go. And did you know that the show creator, the writer, uh-huh. Steve Franks, is actually the one who made the, did I the song? I think I knew that. And he performed the song. I think I, I think yeah. I knew that. So good for him. Yeah. That's great. That may be my favorite because it's just, uh, at least of the ones you mentioned, that's definitely my favorite. Yeah. I'll, I will watch that one every time. Again, and now my kids who are much older, not much older, but right. my 13-year-old daughter right. will sing along with it still. Yeah. I still like Lauren Law and Order. Dun, 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 bum, bum, bum. <laughs> so, Adam, what's happening next week? Oh, a little Netflix show called Russian Dolls. Ooh, we're doing Women's Month for March because March is dubbed Women's Month. Women's Month, yeah. <laughs> so they get one month. We get one month out of the year, so we're gonna watch all women leads created by Amy Poehler. Russian Dolls is created by Amy and Poehler. It's, you know, so it's, it's got. The girl from Orange is the New Black, and I can never remember her name because that, that one. my head is bad. But we'll be watching that one. We're going to watch that one. It looks, 
I haven't. I literally know nothing about it, but it looks. It looks really good. It looks good. Interesting, at least. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited. So we're I kicking like Amy off. Polar a lot. I'm. I'm sure there'll be some. You don't like Amy Polar? I love Amy okay, Polar. Okay, that look was like. I was like, uh, um, you should like Amy Polar. <laughs> that was my look. I was okay, like, okay, that makes sense. Of course you do. <laughs> There's no questioning that. Yeah. But I'm very excited for it, even though I know nothing about it. I know a little about it. It's like it. Groundhog's Day. Right, but also like, like Black Widow or something. Yeah. Throw all we'll that see. together. I don't, I don't know. know. I have no idea. Yeah. Maybe it's completely different. Maybe we'll hate it. <laughs> I doubt it, but maybe. Maybe. Who knows? Thank you guys for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please like, subscribe, and share. If you want to leave us a comment, you can. If you you absolutely hated season three of True Detective, I don't know what's wrong with you, but you can leave us a comment. That's cool. Yeah. Leave us a comment on who do you think would win in a fight. Colin Farrell's character from season two or Stephen Dorff from season three. Ooh, that's a good one. That's a good one. I already know know. my answer. Ray. Ray. He's dirty. Stephen Dorff's good, but Ray's dirty. Dorff would... Have you seen how many guys he took out in that bar? Yeah. He's like... He's like what uh, Wolverine should have been. Yeah. (laughs) That's it right there. Anyways, we will see you bingers next week. Bye. Bye.